Hey everybody, it's Jason. Welcome or welcome back to the Mosaic Church Podcast. At the end of this podcast, please take a moment to connect with us on social media. It's a great place to learn more and to see what's happening at Mosaic. Most importantly, hope the following message encourages and inspires you to take a new step on your faith journey. Enjoy. We are wrapping up our identity series where we've begun exploring this extremely huge, vital, important concept. The gospel of Jesus Christ gives us an absolutely new identity. This identity that we are freed, we are forgiven, and we're part of God's family. What's even more astounding, we've learned through this series that there's nothing you can do to even earn this. That this whole idea of being part of the family is something that God just wants to give, freely give, because God is a God of grace. And depending on our religious backgrounds and our stories, some of us are mixed up with an idea that I have to do a whole lot of something to get God to like me, to love me, to appease him, to even earn my way to heaven. Depending on your background, we have stories that have built up over time. But the truth of the gospel, when we look in Ephesians chapter 2, is that God did all the work and is an absolutely free grace given to us. It says in Ephesians 2, 8 and 9, For his grace you have been saved through faith, not of yourselves, as a gift of God, not of works, so that no one can boast. But I love how verse 10 then moves into this other idea, that in Ephesians 2, 8, 9, then it goes to 10, that now God, before we knew it, on his grace gives you a purpose and identity of being on mission. It says this, for we are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. So not only do we have a new identity, not only has God given us a new mission, we are seeing a God that before time has prepared something for us, a God that is looking to bring glory to himself, to glorify himself through the redemption of us. It's not about us. And that's the thing that's even more astounding is that we think everything is about us, but everything's about the glory of God. And the gospel of Jesus Christ glorifies the Father. Because of his great grace and mercy, we are redeemed. Because of Jesus, now we're part of this bigger story. And we've been exploring this identity. If we take our eyes off of ourselves, we look at the identity of Christ, we have a brand new identity through the gospel. But today we're going to be landing our series exploring what things were like before this. What were the things like before this gospel truth came out? What were things like for you and me before the hope of salvation came? Give us some background. I'm going to give you a big, historically biblical background of what's going on. In the beginning... God made a promise with a man named Abram in Genesis, Abram to Abraham. In Genesis, he says this, that he would have descendants that would be greater than the stars in the heavens and that he would be the father of the Jewish people. And these people were chosen by God to carry this message. So God had this special calling because through the Jewish people, God was going to redeem humanity. The redemption is going to come through the Messiah, which we would know as Jesus. Anyone who is not Jewish, if you are not Jewish... You were a Gentile. You were an outsider. So unless you are of Jewish descent today, you are a Gentile. And Gentiles come from the word Hebrew word goy. Goy, which means nation. And so they would talk about the nations of people outside the Jewish people. There were the people of God and the rest of the nations. 
And the Jewish people believed this calling which they had on their life, rightfully so, was for them. And it's true. A special people set aside to be the advocate from which who the Messiah would come would bring life into the world. But there was some confusion that happened along the way. The confusion that came along the way is that everybody else, no matter what, if you're not Jewish, you are an outsider. You're not in. So the Jewish people lived with this truth. They held the truth of God, and everyone else was outside. And we see that God's using the Jewish people to do something huge. When the Savior came, it would be through the Jewish people, but it would be for all people. It wasn't just for them. And so the story of Genesis, the Old Testament, all the way through until we work our way into the New Testament, tells the story of how God is working within his people to create a pathway showing that we need a Messiah. If you haven't read the Bible, I want to share something maybe that's mind-blowing to you. From the beginning of Genesis all the way to Revelation, we see the gospel. In the very beginning, we see a God who is on mission to redeem and to bring back his people. And so in the Old Testament, we see this need of a Messiah and a Savior, because as hard as the Jewish people tried, they couldn't save themselves. God gave them all these rules and rituals to help purify themselves and to set them apart, and they would do them, and they would fail miserably. And over and over again, they would say, we're sorry, please forgive us, and they would come back, and they'd go... They'd fall away. They would come back and they'd fall away. They'd try hard and then they'd fail. Maybe you can relate to this. They couldn't be Jewish enough for the Messiah, for, for, the, for God. They needed a Messiah. So when the Savior came, it would be through the Jewish people, but it would be for all people. After Jesus died, the gospel's being spread. This word of this Messiah had come, and most of the Jewish people rejected this idea because you have to understand something. There's a long history there of culture and a way of living, and the fact that now the Messiah had just come was hard to accept for many. But some did believe, and so as they believed and said, hey, this is the one we were waiting for, I've seen him, these new believers were talking about something that was something we don't talk about in our current faith walk, the Jewish people weren't talking about the rules and the rituals. They were talking about the resurrection. These people would go around and the message they would say is, I've seen the resurrected Lord. Jesus has risen from the dead because that was the marker that he was the one. If he had not risen from the dead, he was just a really, really nice guy who said really, really nice things and did good things for people. But he wasn't just that. He was a son of God who came and exploded a movement into the world in which we now see. As because of them, because of what he did, that now we can see that Jesus was Messiah. But it was spreading, but there was some confusion. As it starts to spread, it's now being picked up by the Gentiles, and now Gentiles are being saved. So all of a sudden, you all are starting to hear about this Jewish Messiah that came to save Israel, but the message is shifting because Jesus said, I came to save all people. So the Gentiles are now receiving the gospel and they're coming to faith. So as this word is spreading, it is going through into all these different nations and countries and all these enemies of Israel. And Israel is like, whoa, he plays for our team. He is our Giannis Antetokounmpo. He does not play for Atlanta. Yes, I'm a Bucks fan and we killed him the other. That was awesome. 
So he's, he plays for us. He doesn't play for you guys. Who are you to say that our champion is for you? Our champion is for our special elect Jewish nation in which we were told from the beginning of time, we have the Messiah, we win, you lose. We're inside, you're outside. Let's take us back to our high school days. I can see the terror on your face already. For those who are in high school and those who have been through high school and those who are going to go through high school, there's something about this time and period of our life where there's insiders and outsiders. In fact, the inside-outside concept is so ingrained in us at a young age, it actually starts to influence your behavior, and you are now affected, many of us, by what happened to us during this important time of growing up. If I do these things, or if I act this way, or if I join this team, or if I'm in this circle of friends, I'm inside. If I'm over here with this crowd, I don't do those things, I'm outside. If I am an athlete, if I'm popular, if I do all these amazing things, I'm on 55 different clubs and all this stuff, I am inside. If I'm quiet, if I'm introverted, if I don't speak, I'm outside. And so a division starts to come. And when that division starts to come, you think of two things. Either I'm going to join in or I'm going to rebel. Either I'm going to become part of them or I'm going to become the anti-them. And that melding of those two worlds come together as you're sitting there like, oh, yeah, I remember. Let me tell you a story, Jason. I know this because I do counseling all the time. There are so many stories that impact our story today by being inside or outside. We still do it as adults, don't we? As adults, we tend to bend towards groups or bend towards things which create an inside group. I remember when I first moved to Slinger, all those years ago, I moved in. I remember going into uh, our first child's, uh, I don't know what it was, some gathering of some sort. We'd come from a community where we were there for 13 years. We were known. We were insiders. I moved in. I walked to the gym. I said, hi, I'm Jason, and nobody cared. <laughs> I'm extroverted. So I go around and start grabbing hands and shaking hands. Hi, I'm Jason. Nice to meet you. But I feeling of an outsider into a new community is gross. And depending on your church experience, Maybe you've had experiences, you've walked into a church or a faith community, and you felt like an outsider. If it's a first time at a church, right, if it's your first time here, first time watching us online. I don't really know the culture. I don't know what's going on. It can make you feel I don't belong. And that feeling of an outsider is one that just stings. Nobody wants to be the outsider. And so we transfer back into the scriptures and where Jewish people are looking at the Gentiles and saying, you're not in. You can't be in. You're not Jewish. And so tension is rising. But the Apostle Paul comes and starts to speak a new message, which we're going to jump into in Ephesians chapter 2, 11 to 22. Paul starts to jump into another story because Paul is speaking to Gentiles. And he was a missionary out speaking to the Gentiles. And there was tension among the disciples and Paul. And if you want to talk about drama, you get into the Bible drama, there's drama. There's always drama. We're humans, right? So there's drama. And then here's the drama. Here's the tension. Okay. Gentiles can accept Jesus as their savior if they become Jewish, which means they have to do everything Jewish the way we do it. All the rituals, all the background. Jesus came and added salvation with Judaism. And so now these two worlds are collided. And Jesus said, in their minds, 
I've come and now we're going to add these new group of people. We'll let you in, I suppose, if you act and live like us. You're an outsider to become like this. And Paul says, you are incorrect. That is not the gospel. And that's where we pick up Ephesians chapter 2, verses 11 to 22. I encourage you guys to look on your sheets for those who are uh, local, uh, your Bible apps or your iPhones, iPads, and to those uh, who have paper Bibles with you, of course. Ephesians 2, 11 to 2. It's always good to read for yourself the word. Therefore, remember that formerly you who were Gentiles by birth and called uncircumcised by, the, by those who call themselves the circumcision, which is done by the, to the body by human hands. Remember, at that time you were separate from Christ, excluded from citizenship in Israel, and foreigners to the covenants of the promise, without hope and without God in the world. But now in Christ Jesus... You who were once far away have been brought near by the blood of Christ. For he himself is peace, he who has made the two groups one and has destroyed the barrier, the dividing wall of hostility, by setting aside in his flesh the law of his commands and his regulations. His purpose was to create in himself a new humanity, one new humanity out of the two, thus making peace, and in one body to reconcile both of them to God, through the cross, by which he put to death their hostility. He came and preached peace to you who are far away and peace to you who are near. For through him we have both, have both have access to the Father by one spirit. Consequently, you are no longer foreigners and strangers, but fellow citizens with God's people and members of his household, built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, with Christ Jesus himself as the chief cornerstone. In him, the whole building is joined together and rises to be, become the holy temple in the Lord. And in him, you two are being built together to become a dwelling in which God lives in his spirit. Paul, speaking to the church in Ephesus, is located in current Turkey, and so is a Gentile church. And he's speaking to this church for reasons. There's tension that's happening. And so as he's speaking to this Gentile church, he says this, he reminds them, you were outsiders. Let me read 11 to 13 again. Therefore, remember that formerly you who were Gentiles by birth were called uncircumcised with those who called themselves the circumcision, which is done by the body by human hands, excluded from citizenship in Israel and foreigners to the covenants of the promise without hope and without God in the world. But now in Christ Jesus, you who were once far away have been brought near by the blood of Christ. You were an outsider, you were far from God, you were enemies, and now because of what Christ Jesus has done, because of the gospel, you are now in. The power of the gospel is absolutely amazing. It unites people in countries. It unites Christians in Iraq, Russia, China. It unites Christians with people that you may say, ooh, we have a tension with that country, but because of the blood of Jesus Christ, Believers, we are united together. Though there's political tension, they are still brothers and sisters. It unites our mosaic family. We are a odd podge mix of people from all different backgrounds. We're called mosaic, unique broken pieces brought together because of the beauty of Jesus Christ. We are brought together because of the gospel. And our stories are all over the place. 
Stories that have come from far away to close, people online, people both locally, people are watching us in other states. We are a unique group of people brought together and made beautiful because of Jesus Christ. And we are unified because of Christ. Kind of like you can't pick your family, we can't pick your church family either, right? So when you're family, like, oh man, I have tension with my brother. Well, guess what? You have tension in church too, because we're family. Love it. This is the way it is. So, but we are brought together. We're unified. We're part of something bigger. We are complete strangers, if not this. But because of Jesus Christ, immediately we're connected and unified because of the gospel. We care for each other. We take care of each other. We love each other. We help each other. We serve each other. But it's not about us. It's about bringing that love and the gospel into our community and the world. We're not here to just feed us and take care of us. We're here to take care of ourselves so that we can take care of those who are broken in our community and our world. Unified because of the gospel. Because of Jesus, we are one. Think of all the gatherings that are happening right now. All across our country alone. Think of what's happening across the world. Believers in pockets and unique church families all celebrating. Those who are Bible-believing, gospel-speaking churches who are loving Jesus, loving their community, loving each other. They're out there and we are unified. Some of you know our story, but our church plant has been loved on by churches in our community. Wellspring Church in Hartford, Cross Point Church in West Dallas, Ben City and Kettlebrook of uh, West Bend. Those lo local churches, though have no connection to us, have befriended and loved on and cared for, have served, have given financially, have been here working on the building simply because of the gospel of Jesus Christ. It doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense. Why do I care about anything that anybody else is doing? It's all about me, right? This is our church. We're going to do our thing. We're going to beat every other church. No, that's not the gospel. The gospel says we are unified. We are one. We're on one mission. And these beautiful churches have joined together in our story to make me say, oh, my word, that is church. And each of us look at ourselves as a unique family. We're just a unique family called to do something in Slinger, Wisconsin, in the year 2021. We're called to do something for such a time as this. But our church families, as we unite and serve and love each other, it doesn't make sense in anywhere else in the world except through the gospel. That is the power of what Jesus did. Now, because of the gospel, we have a new outlook on what we are doing. Because of Jesus, those who are separated are now unified. I'm going to move on to passage 14 to 18. Because this idea of unity, that we were outsiders, we move now from outsiders to insiders. For he himself is our peace, who has made the two groups one and has destroyed the barrier and dividing all hostility by putting aside in his flesh the law with its commands and regulations. His purpose was to create in himself one new humanity out of the two and thus making peace. And in one body reconcile both to them, to God, through the cross by which he put to death their hostility. He came and preached peace to you who are far away and peace to those who are near. For though, but through him we have both access to the Father by one spirit. 
Back to the passage before, we're speaking about this idea of circumcision. Circumcision for the Jewish people was a marking. It was a physical representation of the covenant that was made to Abraham. And so the Jewish boys would be, at a young age, circumcised. The circumcision was an outward appearance and a remembrance of what God had done. And the tension that's rising among the church is like, okay, you guys, you Gentiles, can now become part of the family your first step is to become circumcised. Now, I don't want to go too long on that, but I don't know, man. That's all I'm going to say about that. (laughs) Paul is saying this, don't you understand that the law which God had before us was set in place to be a mark to show the fall and the failure of us in need of a Messiah so that the new thing that Jesus had come, he didn't come to destroy what was done in the past. He's come to fulfill what was done in the past. Uh, And now we have the old has now become new through Christ. And so now through Jesus, there's a new way of doing things. And those circumcisions and uncircumcised, the insides, the outsides, those ways are done. This is one. We are all one because of Jesus Christ. And our Gentile brothers and sisters do not need to become Jewish brothers and sisters. They need to worship Yahweh. And so to learn and to understand Yahweh, we need to disciple them in Yahweh. Don't disciple them in Jewish customs. That was a cultural explosion because it didn't make sense. And that's why the Jewish people had such a hard time early on, because it didn't make sense. It didn't make sense that Jesus would come and switch everything so quickly. In three years of public ministry, Jesus blew everything up. I've been doing this for 20 years. I haven't blown anything up. Three years, he flipped the entire script, and all of a sudden, this new way of thinking, the gospel is free for everybody if you call in the name of Jesus Christ as your Savior. It doesn't matter your background. It doesn't matter your race. It doesn't matter how much money you have or where you come from. Nothing matters. All that matters is Jesus Christ and the gospel. So Paul speaks out and says, friends, He put this all aside. His purpose was to create one new humanity out of the two. The two have become one. And now we are brought together in one fail swoop because of the cross. On the cross, he put to death the old ways. He put to death the hostility. And he preached to us far and near, we have access to the Father. Now, if you're a Gentile and you're sitting there listening to this, you're like, this is awesome. If you're a Jewish brother or sister saying, like, what is he talking about? And Paul had an amazing way of speaking to people where they were in their culture. That's part of the heart of Mosaic. The heart of Mosaic is that we want to have a ministry much like Paul did. We want to speak to cultures where they are, not to change the message, but speak in a way the culture can understand. And the culture of our world right now is hard. It's confusing. We are politically divided, racially divided, economically divided. Division, division, division. But the gospel of Jesus Christ is unity. So as a church family, we will boast and speak of one thing clearly over and over again. Jesus saves. The gospel reigns. It unifies us. It's because of the gospel that we even sit here. We are unified. Before I move past that, I do want to speak of racism. There's so many conversations happening online, people 
I just say this, my friends. There is no racism in the gospel of Jesus Christ. There's no room for it. There's no excuse for it. Our call is to be unified and to love our brothers and sisters of all backgrounds. I come from a multi-diversity home. I'm a multi-ethnic person myself. And I say to you, friends, this. Friends, there's no room for it. There's no room for us to hate or dislike anybody because the gospel of Jesus Christ freed everybody. The gospel of Jesus Christ unifies everybody. And the church, I'm going to say this, the church has done a bad job of talking about that. It's our time now. It's our time to speak and say we are one because of the gospel, to love well, to serve well, to care for all well, and focus on the gospel. There's a lot of distractions, a lot of things, a lot of stuff in our culture. Can I ask this of a church family? What if we just take our focus on the gospel and that's it for a while and see how it transforms you? I love all of your posts about politics and this and that. They're interesting to read. They usually make me mad. Let me say this. What if we focused on the gospel? What if you loved like Jesus? What if our heart, passion, and attention, what would change in our community and the world if we lived the gospel? We are unified. We are unified if you are young and if you're old. As generations, we tend to get frustrated with those who are younger than us. The GI generation thought the boomers were nuts. Gen X knows that the boomers are nuts. <laughs> Millennials don't care about any of us. Gen Z is too busy on their phone. The truth is, no matter what your age is today, my friends, from the very youngest to the very oldest, we are united and one because of the gospel. That there is beauty in each of us and where our stage of life is and that we can unify and work together to bring hope and love of Jesus into the world. Our unique generations bring us opportunity to speak and understand things in different ways and that our generations, when brought together, unified by the gospel, is powerful. Just like Paul, to the Gentiles, to the Jews, why do we disintegrate against people who are younger or older? Why do we separate people who are poor or rich? Why do we separate people if they were Democrats, Republicans, Libertarians, or whatever they make up tomorrow? Why do we put categories instead of the category of unified Jesus. Friends, I think in this new world, the church is going to thrive when it focuses simply on the truth of the gospel. But I want to move on to verses 19 to 22 because there's something awesome that happens here. Consequently, you are no longer foreigners and strangers, but fellow citizens with God's people and also members of his household, built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, with Christ Jesus himself as the chief cornerstone. In him, the whole building is joined together and rises to become a holy temple in the Lord. And in him, you too are being built together to become a dwelling in which God lives by his spirit. Not only are we united, we are now part of his family. We are not outsiders that became insiders. We are outsiders that became family. We became part of God's story and his family. And Paul says something about this that is so controversial to Jewish reader. He says this, in him, verse 21, the whole building was joined together and rises become a holy temple in the Lord. And in him, you two were being built 
together to become a dwelling in which God lives by the Spirit. The Jewish people had the temple. It was in Jerusalem, and they would pilgrimage and go to the temple in their rituals. They would go and worship at this place, and the dwelling place of God was at the temple. Now, Paul says this, actually, God is building you up to be God's temple, and God's Spirit now indwells you. Again, this guy has some huge guts when he's speaking, but he is breaking down these walls to say the Spirit of God, when Jesus left, the Holy Spirit is here. The Holy Spirit is among us. The Holy Spirit now indwells us, and he's building in us the fact that we get to be the dwelling place of God. The Holy Spirit, the one that God promised and we see in the book of Acts, isn't at a temple. It's us. It's in us. He's right here that we as Gentiles get to have the Spirit of God working through us. He's our counselor. He's our encourager. He's our teacher. Without him, man, we'd be toast. Jesus left and left us the Holy Spirit. And now that Holy Spirit is bringing the gospel forward into the world, the hope that we have. It's crazy when we start to think about this idea. What if it was just for the Jewish people? What would our life look like if the Messiah came to save a group of people and not others? The whole concept of grace is different. The concept of God is different. The whole concept of mercy and freedom is different. Everything shifts. But God is so rich in grace and mercy. He has this amazing way of going and pulling for the underdogs. And that's us. We are or were the outsiders. Now we're the insiders. But I want to make something clear this morning. As you're sitting there and hearing the story, perhaps the Jewish history has been interesting. Perhaps you've heard this before. It may be in different places. But I want to say this. The gospel of Jesus Christ is what unifies us. If you don't know Jesus Christ as your Messiah and Savior, you are still an outsider. If you do not have Christ as your master, you are still outside. Because it's the gospel that unified all people. I'm not saying you're outside as friends. I'm not saying you're an outside you can't attend and be a part of our story. I'm saying this is reconciliation with God. Because Romans 10, 9 through 13 makes it so clear. And actually, is Paul teaching, it goes right into this sermon right now. It says this. If you confess with your mouth Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with your heart you believe and are justified, and with your mouth you confess you are saved. It is just as the scripture says, anyone who believes in him will never be put to shame. For there is, listen to this, there's no difference between Jew and Greek. There it is again. He says it again. For there's no difference between Jew and Greek. The same Lord is Lord of all and gives richly to all who call on him. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. That's it. That's all it is. Call on the name of the Lord to be saved. You confess with your mouth Jesus the Lord and believe in the resurrection that Jesus was not just a man who died and went to a grave, that the actual resurrection is as is accounted for and Jesus is alive and is a reigning king. You'll be saved. That's entrance into God's family. Friends, if you don't know the Lord as your Savior, we're still unified as humans and as brothers, and I love you, 
but I'm not a good brother if I don't tell you what I know in freedom. And what I know in freedom is the gospel of Jesus Christ. I know that in Christ there's freedom and in the gospel you can be saved because he saved me. I know who I am today and I know who I'd be without the gospel. I'm a train wreck of a human being. I have stories and pasts in which most people would look and giggle and say, how is Jason Montano a pastor? I ask myself that every day. I'm not worthy. I'm not different from you. I'm not better than you. I'm just a man who found the gospel of Jesus Christ and is really good at talking sometimes. That's it. I went to school and learned stuff. None of that stuff matters. It doesn't matter how much you know, how much you study, how much you go to church. None of that. Guys, none of that is the point. The point is, I know the master, Jesus Christ. Without him, I'm toast. Without him, I'm an outsider. And so as we end our time today, I want to ask you this question. Are you inside God's family or outside? Are you part of the story that Paul is talking about where Jesus did the work and Jesus, because of the cross, brought the outsiders in and said, no, all can be saved. All have freedom through the gospel. Have you called on Jesus as your Savior and Lord? Because if you're not, you're still carrying the guilt and weight of your sin. What's amazing about salvation, friends, is that I have been forgiven of the past. I am being forgiven for everything I just messed up. And I'm going to be forgiven everything in the future. All of the weight of sin is off of me. It doesn't mean I keep sinning. That's not the point of this. It's that the weight of it is off because Christ took it all. And as Christ took it all on the cross, that gives me and all freedom. So I'm going to ask you this question. Do you know him? The passage is clear. Confess that Jesus is the Lord. Believe he took your punishment. He raised from the dead. And you'll be saved. If you want freedom in Christ, I'm going to offer you to pray today. It's not a magic prayer. Sometimes in church we're like, hey, say these three things and click your head. That's not what this is. We're just going to follow what the verse says. Confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in the heart that God raised him from the dead and you will be saved. It's a Bible verse. So I'll lead you to that. If you want freedom found in Christ, if you want to be unified with the body that is found through salvation of Jesus Christ, it's not something you do because you're scared. It's because you mean it and you really want it. Because you know that you need to be saved. You need the master. You need to know Jesus. You need someone to be your hero. I've been a fan of superheroes my whole life. In my day, it was always Batman. I loved Batman through and through. I loved how dark he was and he was rich and blew stuff up. I love that about Batman. In all my superhero stories, whether it's Superman, Batman, Iron Man, it's their powers that save people. Powers that the people who don't have, they're saved from something. The reality is those are stories and the truth is, is that my hero saved me from dying eternally. His name was Jesus Christ and the hope that I have the gospels found in him. So friends, I invite you to know my master, to know my hero. If you know him, I ask, sit down for a second and pause. How are you using the gift of knowing the gospel to transform this community, your community, and the world? Are you on mission, set apart, to help bring love into a broken world? Because maybe if just the Christians who go to church every Sunday loved somebody, at least one person in our church world, all of our world would look different. If one loved one, maybe, maybe we just loved our neighbor, the world would look different. What are you doing with the gift 
of salvation that has been given to you. Let's pray. Friends, if you want to pray this prayer again, this is not a magical prayer I just offer it to you. I'm going to read this verse to you, and if you want to confess and you believe, you'll be saved. So friends, if you want to pray this, simply this. Jesus, I believe you are Lord. I believe that you are the Son of God who died for my sins. I believe that God raised you from the dead. I want a relationship with you as my Lord. I need you as my Savior. Father, help me to understand more what it means to be one of your children. In your name, Jesus, I ask for this. Amen. Friends, if you prayed that prayer, we're going to be back at the Love Where You Live tent. Stop by and tell us. Because this isn't, you didn't just join a membership club like, okay, now give us 50 bucks. I want to make, depending on your church story, people have stories, right? I just want to pray with you, encourage you, help answer questions for you. Because the story of Jesus, I've given up my hopes, dreams, and what I had projected because I know and have seen so many times how this changes lives. Not only for eternity, but for today. Stop by the Love Where You Live tent where you had your coffee. Love to have a time to talk with you. Friends, if you know the Lord and have been sitting back and not on mission, giving the gospel, the hope to have, the love we have into our community, I pray the Spirit spoke to you today to put you on mission. Mosaic's just not another church. We didn't plan another church. We have enough churches out there. God asks us to do something different. We're called to love our community, love the world, and that's the gospel of Jesus. Once again, thank you so much for listening. If you live in Southeast Wisconsin, we'd love to connect with you at our weekend gathering for service time, directions, and to learn more about our vision to ignite a movement of love that transforms our community and the world, visit us at mosaicwi.com.